my friend Bridget has uh, joined a Flat Earth Discord and is like pretending to be one of them and just like <laughs> posting their hot takes all over Facebook. It's really good. Flat Earth theory. I do like the sticking to something so patently false. Like it. It's they've got, so... they've got, the, they've got the OB now. What? Yeah, <laughs> the rapper, the rapper Bob. He yeah. was trying to launch a Kickstarter to like send up a satellite oh, to yeah. prove that the Earth is flat. Oh my god. I love all those conspiracy theories. Well, I yeah, love, I, I love, love conspiracy, them, conspiracy theories. Are great. Well, he, he like did a diss track about Neil deGrasse Tyson for calling him out on Twitter, saying that the Earth was round. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you gonna I believe? What astrophysicist or this rappy boy? <laughs> no, like I feel like. Yeah. To be fair, Neil deGrasse Tyson. He makes me disbelieve Neil in space. Tyson, it's, just, it's too grey. It's too like. Oh, yeah, we know. All right. I want some magic in the world. Stop I want ruining a series my fun of, times. I want a series of planet Earths like pancakes. Yes, <laughs> you've you've removed all majesty from the universe. This is why this is why religion hates science because it removes majesty. <laughs> Hello, welcome to We Don't Talk About the Weather, political discussion that to the uninitiated major sound like screaming and crying. I'm Adam and I'm here with Hugh. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do. I'm also here with our American correspondent, Rob. Hello, it's me. Thanks for having me back. Good to have you. And our local correspondent, Ollie. Frankfurt My local correspondent. Yeah. Right. still counts as our German correspondent. <laughs> you got the ear to the ground. You know, you know who to talk to in this town. I do. I, I know literally... Everyone <laughs> in this town. Uh, they are sitting at the table. It, it's it's actually quite an achievement, considering I never go outside. <laughs> but, you know, I keep new to the letterbox. <laughs> Hear the coming and goings. Got glass up against the wall. <laughs> you know exactly what your alcoholic neighbour's doing. I, I don't need the glass against the wall for that. <laughs> coming to us live with a tin can and string. <laughs> Um, yeah, we were we had an idea a few weeks ago about because um, you've got a lot of kind of cult talk going around at the moment. You know, mm. momentum's a cult, um, journalism is. is a cult. It is. Uh, so everything's a cult. So uh, we had this kind of idea of what our cult would look like. Yeah, because we've been prone, like for a very long time in the pre-Corbyn election. It was very hard to be left in Britain. Yeah. <laughs> so it seemed kind of. Like, it would make sense to just run away to the forest with AK-47s. <laughs> um, the forest Crown being history. Epping Forest. Um, and hopefully the bigger bit, not the bit that's, like, by the roundabout. <laughs> and just hiding there. So not just hollow ponds. Yeah, just hiding there with the rats and the swans. And doggers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> trying to... The revolutionary yeah. class of doggers that are militant. Like, all militant. Doggers. Off-duty cops. <laughs> so, Comrade Bala style... Yeah. Um, we're going to work out what our cult would look like when we finally surrender to our teenage anarchist fantasies of living off the grid and running away from society, going to the wilds. I don't know if a teenage fantasy... I, when I was off the grid, I wasn't even a teenager. <laughs> the fantasies of our youth, then. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Five years ago. <laughs> um, so like, there's a few aspects of cults, kind of, that we, we were talking about... Um, that we, we would need to work out. We need to work out in advance. Yeah, we're because I'm sure they like the police have a proper thing for what is a cult. Yeah. Um I imagine it's mainly they're not paying their taxes anymore. Mm. Um so they need to be stopped. <laughs> but what's so we got we got our five pillars yeah. of what we reckon a good 
a good left wing cult because not like because you get like some of the right wing cults, but the right wing ones always seem to stem from sexual liberation and those cults. Well, that's not really for us. They always end up in really creepy, rapey power dynamics, and also we have a hard enough time talking to our like prospective girlfriends, let alone multiple wives. <laughs> I think like, the difference is like right wing cults always intend like separate entirely. Left wing cults have always got that that kind of thing where they want to come back. Yeah. They think that they're riding the crest of some massive um that massive wave and eventually they will be the ones who Are you thinking specifically as the SWP? The um well yeah. Yeah. In their in their moments. Like all the kind of Trotskyist kind of movements of Oh the, I saw like, that thing of the um the which international was it? The the one where the Fourth they, International. Yeah, with the making vows to Trotsky's death mask. <laughs> normal behaviour for normal guys. <laughs> it's just a normal thing to do. It's just a normal thing to do. It's um, I've got a, just a sneaking distrust of any left wing movement that's formed. It's mainly in pubs in Houston, mm. um, because you know the one that was formed in a pub off Carnaby Street that was fine. Yeah, because that was um, the Communist Party. <laughs> Our first pillar: um, a piece of Marxist theory that's overread and overcooked. Yeah. So something that you've you've been reading Marx or Lenin or Trotsky or Mao your entire existence. Um, and you focus on one particular piece of dogma that, uh, yeah. Well, you've just, it's that, the logical extreme, like Posadists. Yes. Of, yeah. we don't have socialism here. If alien life exists, they must be socialist. Let's attract some aliens. <laughs> and let's take some DMT. Or, <laughs> <laughs> well, how did Comrade Bala get to where he was? Like, his, his specific path was an odd one. So, it, actually, he was a Maoist. In, in the kind of, like, like seventies left wing kind of, uh, like seventies left wing groups, he was a member of the Communist Party of Great Britain, mm. and then the Sino-Soviet split happened, where um, China were not happy that Khrushchev criticised Stalin, mm. so um, they all had to take their sides, and Comrade Bala was one of those ones who took the Chinese side, in a hard way, like mm. pr- considered himself basically the. The local, the Brixton department of the Chinese government. Yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> well, for a bit, and then he was significantly more. Do you two know much about Comrade Bala? Gonna need some more detail. Okay, Comrade Bala was magic. Yeah. Right. Okay. He well, he had a bunch of women that he had locked up in his house. Is that religious to the magic, or was that um, more intense? It was the reason why they were trapped in his house was magic, <laughs> like... because he had he had control with his mind of a space satellite that could end the world. Jackie. It was called Jehovah, yeah. Allah, Christ, 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 Krishna, something, something. Oh, I.e., it's like Jesus kill you, kill monster. Yeah, was, it is like it is like a bad Jackie, Japanese. I was imagining like of a Q. It's like, got that proper understanding of um, fancy way. It's got that understanding of like Judeo, um, religion, Judeo-Christian religions um, that Japanese RPGs <laughs> have. That very much like also Japanese cults. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Our Japanese culture is so good. <laughs> we'll get into that. <laughs> but um, but uh, yeah, so, he had so, this mag- magic thing. So, and like one of the examples, that, one of the things he did, like he had an accident, accidentally someone rang on his doorbell rather than the neighbour's doorbell to deliver a Domino's pizza. He was convinced that one of the women that he was holding hostage had somehow like told the government and they'd sent their, their workers, Domino's, to like stop him. Shit, so, did he use the satellite? Well, he did, because then there was an earthquake in Japan in a place... I can't remember the name of the town in Japan, but it translates to gate. 
the name of the town. And he was like, well, that was because they rang my door. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and because, you so know, they'd been, startled cor- they'd been locked up. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> they'd been locked up and brutalised for years and terrified of him. <laughs> they believed him. Um, he had numerous children um, in there. Yeah, there was. I think there was a couple who died, and there was one who survived mm. with quite severe health problems when they were eventually freed in two thousand thirteen. I think. Yeah, how did they get found out? Um, I think one. I think the child who survived had developed um, diabetes and had gone into a diabetic coma. Also, oh, one of the women. To, previous to that, nine years previous to that, um, one of the cult members had, I think, fallen out of the window, and like cracked her head open. And they had a, one of the cult members, they're about uh, six or seven, I yeah. think, um, was a nurse from Malaysia. So mm. she, they treated her like at home mm. in the flat in Brixton. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But their idea was like, I think he was, he was like an Indian, um, an Indian student from uh, Singapore when he first came to study in Britain. Mm. And he kind of fell in like with the Maoist crowd and thought that... Um, uh, he was forming like a this notion, like this Maoist notion of like a field base. Yeah, so ready like for when, he, when the war happened. He'd like, be able to... ignoring the fact that like Mao conquered the country in an actual state of civil war and yeah. not in a you know a society that's not at war where you don't have any military forces. China, when Mao won, yeah, wasn't Britain in the nineteen seventies. Mm. But he got um, so they got raided in the seventies for drugs mm. um, and. From what, like, I've seen a couple of documentaries and read some stuff about it, it seems like he was quite, like, um, shy. Yeah. <laughs> Which seems weird to say about a cult leader, but he seemed quite shy, and it seemed like he was, like, very oh, yeah, paranoid, yeah. and he got really freaked that's out by common. it, and that's when he locked them all down. Yeah. Mm. Um, and just pretended, like, well, the PLA are two weeks away from an offensive on Britain, Yeah. and so we're, like, the, uh, we're the guerrillas fighting for the Chinese state and for socialism. But they didn't even have any weapons. Oh, no. They were just living like, in abject poverty in a flat in yeah. South London. Because they were educating the working class by shouting things at them about the Chinese. Oh, yeah, and that's, um, um, one of them, one of the white ones, is still fully on his side and trying to get him out of prison. Yeah. Well, um, good luck. Yeah. I can't remember her name. It's, it's completely escaped my brain, but her father was like um, a Bletchley Park codebreaker. Yeah. And she didn't like her dad, so when she was a student in the 70s, fell in with him and like still defends him. She was on Channel 4 News. Like defending him before he got busted. Sounding like a Lib Dem. <laughs> As there are many and... <laughs> similarities between Vince Cable and Comrade Balor. Um, no, I'd say that Comrade Balor probably had more, sweet, more charisma. A sweet line of hats. <laughs> but yeah, so you need like a what like the bit that triggers your specific form of insular insanity. Yeah. Your reason for running away. I think it's likely to be an event. It would be something small like, um, I don't know, like David Miliband getting elected as Labour leader when Corbyn stands down. I'd be worse than that. It'd be David Miliband placed. Yeah. There wouldn't be an election. He'd just be placed as leader. (laughs) And that, yeah, I could see that making... I don't know if it would make me lose my mind because I've got so little faith in Labour Party. But yeah, that kind of thing would... You've got to understand like the level of political involvement with, um, like, especially like... Former Trotskyists, I don't want to like, you can't tell them all with the same brush because, no. like, there's a massive range of political opinion that has been reabsorbed back into the Labour Party. Mm. But I'm sure there's like a few crazy Trotskyists, like fr- crazy trots, um, who've yeah. gone back in and still apply that whole like adherence to a line and democratic centralism and all those old arguments. Mm. Like, I could see some. I'm sure at least some of them would lose their minds. 
Well, one of the things that I was, I think I talked to you about, that I was worried about was if it all goes wrong, how many young people they're going to peel off. Yeah. Because that's the main thing. Like, I don't want although all the young people who've joined Momentum to be seduced by, like, a silver-tongued Trotsky <laughs> Because they'll end up like Comrade Bala. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the Labour Party breaks our hearts. Yeah. And makes us leave. Yeah. So what's the next? So the next pillar is um, all these, like, especially the far-left ones, if you can broaden it a little bit here, because you can think of like, like things like Juche. Yeah. So that's a like a communist movement that has a very specific national character. Like I, it always weirds me out when I look at like when I, as I usually do every week, uh, mm-hmm. keep up with the North Korean news service, mm. um, and you see like people in really traditional dress. Mm. Those their news presenters are amazing. Um, and you see them like celebrating like traditional Korean festivals, which you know I totally understand if you're government. It just doesn't. S- There's something about a communist government doing it as mm-hmm. opposed to like. A bourgeois government doing it. Well, let's be real here. North Korea is definitely not a cult. It is a well-rounded and happy country. It is, yeah. I've seen the news. Yeah, I see the news. She's got a smile on her face all the time. Yeah, it's fine. It's definitely not forced. <laughs> definitely not forced. They are all well-fed, tall, healthy people. If they were They're happy. definitely not malnourished. Boy, look at those ladies march. <laughs> if they weren't happy, why would they show up? <laughs> why they show up every day for work in the DPRK? <laughs> they just stay home, wouldn't they? They just call in a sickie. <laughs> I love the idea. You know, like, um, though, like, anarchist, it was like old anarchist, like, propaganda sheets or now just memes mm. of, like, I didn't go to work today and I won't go to work tomorrow. But, like, for the DPRK, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't march today, I won't march tomorrow. Bang. <laughs> but, yeah, they've got, like, a very specific, they're very Korean. Like, there's been all kinds of, like, permutations of socialism with so-and-so characteristics. Like yeah. Socialism with Chinese characteristics mm-hmm. is what they're operating under the, under at the moment, which is like, we can do socialism, which is, you know, right. a- applicable across all of human society, yeah. <laughs> but we do need to, a Nike store. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's perfectly Chinese. Yes. <laughs> in keeping with Chinese national character. So we need something like peculiarly, like, British. If you were going to set up a British duce, yeah. what would you include in it? What's, like, a particularly British thing that you'll think... That everyone will take as British. Like, tr- what's traditionally British? What's a British thing? And that's a very hard thing, because Britain is not really a place. Yeah, I was, ba- I was about British, to say, I think yeah, British British starting with British is probably a bit of a bad angle. The word British is... I sound like a mental person, but British is a propaganda word used to blank out and completely erase the notion of Scots, Welsh and Irish... It is just Englishness, Britishness. Regrettably, the first thing that came to mind is um, using sausage rolls as a trading and bartering system. Yes. There we go. (laughs) Well, baked goods goods are universal. Pastry goods are universal (laughs) over all of Britain. Um, Probably since the French first came here. (laughs) I imagine we learned pastry from them. Or forced hurry. No, I think we had pastries of our own. Oh, they'd be shit though. They'd be like a really heavy dough pastry with like a hedgehog inside. <laughs> or like spoiled. Yeah, it's like a vegetable pasty back then was just a, a thistle surrounded by nettles <laughs> wrapped in a thick dough made of pounded nettle. <laughs> or wood pulp. <laughs> um, but you know, what's true? Like, like even if if you're trying to if you're like if you're socialist you'd probably ignore religion so you'd go back yeah. to like further so you go like probably to like the old school pagan shit yeah and not the Norse stuff Norse stuff's been ruined yeah like doesn't matter like how much we love metal and that that aesthetic is ruined 
that, that we can't have that. Too. Yeah, can't have that. Can't have those hammers. No, can't have those weird little spiky fork things. No, no, no. So you have to go like to like proper like druidic stuff. Yeah, like th- forest worship. If you think about seventies, like Wicca. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's kind of nerdy. It is kind of nerdy. But if you think about like set like it, the model you have is like seventies radicals, like seventies hippies who mm. went through a Maoist phase. But then, you know, when they became a published poet or a, you know, a published author, they get really into we'll that, job like, with the telegraph. <laughs> like, deep England stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, the hidden England or whatever. They get into that, uh, yeah. Oh, like Coyle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, perfect example. Mm. Yeah. I mean, Alan Moore, yeah, Alan Moore fucking does it. Like, like, he does it, I think he does it well, but, like, it leads to stuff like Paul Kingsnorth, who is an absolute... Who's that? Uh, Paul Kingsnorth did a book called Fuck. It's a strong title. <laughs> uh, Catching your I... attention. <laughs> Damn it! Why can't I think? He does books where um, uh, he really like kind of. Oh, fuck. Is he a blood and soil nationalist? He's a deep. He's a deep. What they like call a deep green ecologist. Oh. So. Like Inoki. Um, your t- yeah, um, is he? Is Aren't he- the deep greens just like all turfs now, all the time? Um, yeah, there's a definite like that. It, it comes along with it. Like, yeah, they get very fash. They've very really quickly. reinvented themselves as like the super, the super turf movement <laughs> in recent years. <laughs> but they get very into kind of like natural rhythms and yeah. blood and soil stuff. And uh, well, capit- like I'm anti-capitalist, but because there's an essential sac- like there's an essentialism to your national character uh-huh. that goes into your blood and your genetics. And oh. also, I've got a Saxon ghost looking over my shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird denying industrialism and that kind of thing. It's weird. They always go back to Saxon. Mm-hmm. Go back further. Go back further where we you know women were in charge. Well, the best thing is like he like sets one of his um, books in uh, like a Saxon guy in like um, like the East Anglia somewhere, and he writes it all in um, in like a kind of English Saxon like uh, mix like mashup. Isn't that like the language they speak in that bit of Belgium? Um, it's similar, but also it was Danelaw, so it's Vikings, but yeah. that kind of complicates his narrative of a, a pure thing. a pure English race that has existed for existing eternity. for a, like a thousand years. Well, because there is a, like well, and has a tie to the soil, that kind of thing. Because like going back, even if you went, you get to a point where essentially what is like peculiarly British, what is the only things that are indelibly part of this country, mm. and that is a willingness to eat spiky vegetables mm-hmm. because that's all we had. And the only meat being ones with spikes on them, or ones that tried to kill you, because it was like wolves, hedgehogs, and um, boar. Yeah, bears as well. Bears. Yeah. Yeah. So like, there's a there's a like one of the few ways to sustain ourselves would be things that are horrible, which explains why the British are horrible. You need a stiff upper lip. <laughs> you need a stiff upper lip because of all the quills. <laughs> it's been pinned to your nose. <laughs> Maybe our peculiar thing is eating hedgehogs. You just love the idea of eating hedgehogs. <laughs> I've been obsessed with it. It's because um, Holly was working on a series about gypsies and mm. was hanging around with, with travellers an awful lot. And yeah, the stuff about eating hedgehogs like just fascinates me. You ever felt a hedgehog? Um, I had a pet hedgehog. Did you? Yeah, I had a pet hedgehog oh. when I was really little. Did you um, feel it? Um, I cuddled it. I found it when um, I, was, I was really little. And I just found this like little baby hedgehog that was just shivering. Like, oh. it, was, it was um in a chip packet. 
<laughs> like a little polystyrene tray. Oh my goodness. I just picked it up, put it in my hoodie, and took it home, and I got covered in fleas. <laughs> but my mum, being adorable with animals, just like we kept that hedgehog for like a good couple of years. Like that's he was, amazing. He was fine with the cats because he'd like go up to them, and they'd like one of them patted him once, and very much regretted it. He's like, oh, ow, run away. <laughs> um, but yeah, I called him Spike. That's how young I was. Oh. I hadn't even. I didn't have a Mega Drive, so well, the Sonic days. Yeah, if, if I'd had a Mega Drive, he would have been Sonic. <laughs> I remember uh, somebody brought uh, brought their bird baby hedgehog into our kindergarten. I remember touching it; it just felt like a little rubber ball. Oh, is um because there's those African pygmy hedgehogs, the white ones. Yeah, they're really soft. They're, yeah, they're I think it was one of those. Yeah. It, was, it was white. Oh, this was just this was like just a very just brown. some dirty old boy <laughs> yes. in a chip packet. Yeah, found in a chip <laughs> packet on an estate that at that point had wild dogs. Yeah. Because there were wild dogs on that estate in Medway. <laughs> like I remember the time. I remember when they finally got rid of the wild dogs that were an issue. Well, maybe we should bring them back, and that can be in our cult. It was like the mid nineties, <laughs> the southeast. God, this country's horrible. This is horrible country. Yeah, but like, okay, so yeah, the stuff that there's like, like that's traditional to pretty much everywhere. Hmm. But you know, worshiping trees, eating hedgehogs, eating thistles, and being angry about it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm still pretty certain that the it's reason. Like Opus Day. <laughs> I'm pretty certain the reason why the the British specifically took to empire in such a way was the desire to never eat a thistle again. <laughs> Can you give me a better reason? Why Spices. is there such an indelible pepper? Yeah, because it's better than <laughs> spicing your food with nettles. <laughs> Can you imagine the first time that a British, British can't have spicy food? The on. first time the British t- tasted a chicken. Good God, chicken's quite recent in Europe. Yeah? They come from South America. Mm. Like potatoes. Well, potatoes mm. in North America. But, you know, so before that, like, our starchy product... Tomatoes. And yeah, they, they came with the potatoes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they came with it. Like, we like we were just shipping potatoes over. Well, they were just shipping potatoes over. And, like... God's it, in, suggestion. In some of the crates, there were, like, just some, like, chicken vermin. That like, <laughs> so you, you, you need like to... they'd laid their eggs in the potatoes. So you, so you can, like... You know, separate them from the potatoes. You've got the chicken, the potato, and the wild dog, and you can only send over two at a time. <laughs> <laughs> and you have, to, you have to make sure that the On two aren't alone with each other. On top of that, the boat is made from matchsticks. <laughs> <laughs> Bought from the little match girl. And that stress inspired the British Empire to cover the entire world and make sure that the blood never, never, dro- never dried. <laughs> On the British Empire, because of how frustrating it was trying to get a potato and a chicken. Queen. <laughs> so to summarise, where we're so far, so we food. <laughs> All right. So what what I've gathered so far is we're in the forest, mm-hmm. um, bartering with baked goods. Yep. And yep. we worship the green man. Yeah. Yeah. That's our primitive communism. I can yeah. Vibe. Okay. Yeah. I can vibe. Yeah. 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 I think we're off to a good start here. Yeah. Okay. So what what what's the, what would be the next pillar? Um. The next pillar of like specifically far left cults is like an out group who we hate. So mm. all of those groups. That's every cult. Those those yeah, that's true. In the like, left... I saw that Raj Nishi one. They they really hated squares who didn't want to bang all the time. <laughs> In a like leftist context, though, because there was such a lot of kind of quite vulgar Marxism going around. So you had full, like purveyors of false consciousness. Yeah. And things like that. Um, yeah. That it was less. It's kind of the whole movement kind of turned in on itself. So it was like. Rather than like fighting class enemies, you would 
fight the betrayers who were you thought were going to sell you out to class enemies. Yeah, running dogs. Yeah, all that kind of shit. Yeah, that kind of thing. All the all the little traitors, Gusanos. Yeah, that's it's like we define ourselves by who we're against. It's like sardines, right? You you get all the cool kids together, and then the last one who comes, that's the loser. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, who would be the last one? I was about to say, who was the last one to come for um, them to change their opinion on Corbin and come on side? It was Owen Jones, but I don't want to, say, <laughs> I don't want to pick on Owen Jones. He's had, a, he's had a good week. He's had a tough week, but a good week. Yeah, it's been really fun watching. It was like, um, I think I saw someone... I would have been up for picking on him before, but <laughs> he, he, I think he's proved himself this week. I'm yeah. all right. I'm, I think he's all right. Now. Yeah, he's yeah. a good boy. It's, um, I was, there was a tweet I saw this. I was like, oh, wow, I just um, someone take Owen Jones' earrings. <laughs> <laughs> he's going in hard. <laughs> But I yeah, think, I think to sort of like properly like prop it up, it needs to be as elaborate as possible. Hmm. This mm-hmm. uh, out group, so I think basically the general category should be splitters. Yeah. Right. Which should turn on the splitters before but, anyone but has is, even is, had a chance. There's different grades of splitter. Okay. And it's how far removed they are from our own politics. So mm-hmm. the next closest group is a splitter. The group after that is the double splitter and you just keep going 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 until you sort of have like a general huge sort of like matryoshka doll style setup <laughs> of enemies of the revolution yeah enemies of our forest based revolution <laughs> so you know sort of like general catch all mainstream society is like you know like the over splitter mm. first and they came for the splitters <laughs> I did not speak up <laughs> so are we Luddite in nature like I've always had a lot of sympathy for the Luddites because, like, you know, there's a lot of criticism that the like Luddite now is used as a word to describe someone who, who can't handle technology. Mm-hmm. In reality, the Luddites were the only people in the entire country who perfectly understood technology and wanted it gone. Uh, I think being a Luddite would be a good case for us to strike out against the gamers. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, hang on, I think this um, makes things difficult what was, though, what was because the thing? I think. If we want this cult to have legs, yeah, like is this is this going to be like a growing cult or is this going to be like an isolated cult? Like, are we going to refuse? Given are we going to be pure? Given the nature of like really super far left movements, um, we'll say we're growing even though we're actually losing members. Yeah, <laughs> we'll insist by the dozen. <laughs> we'll insist right. that we're incredible. We're like as pure as the driven snow and welcoming of everyone, and the the revolution is just around the corner, but. By the time I finish that sentence, another five people have left because they've had enough of me serving them boiled fizzle right, while dressed say, as the green man. If, say, if we, if we were, and I've taken away their Game Boys. If we were into growing, then we need to have a media outlet. Oh, there is that. Um, but if we're well, not no, into have, growing, then no, we we'd, have a, we'd have a side step. Well, there we paper. go. There's the first split. This first split is between people who are hand printing and someone who comes up with the idea of using a printing press. <laughs> and through the printing press, that just that's just the Industrial Revolution all over again. I ain't having that. <laughs> I ain't having that in my forest cult. The second split is, do we do a, do we do a series of pamphlets or do we do a newspaper? Have you seen? Oh, yes. Splitter. <laughs> Zines are easy enough to print without using a printing press. That's so better. Could screen print them. Yeah, yeah. Make some cool T-shirts too. <laughs> yes, I'm just like trying to work and set up a print studio in the forest. <laughs> Be more <All> right. in <laughs> London. 
I'll call this all pretty soon. Like a, a generator and like shine the light on it at night <laughs> in the middle of the forest to have the screen drip through. It'd be all right, I think. Some members holding their ears, uh, holding their hands around the ears of rabbits and stuff, so they don't get startled. <laughs> I think we'd have a problem with a lot of the high technology stuff, but in a, like a really dumb way. Like phones are useful, mm. but we'd have and smartphones are particularly useful. But we'd have a certain generation of smartphone that that was like that's after that it became impure. No, well, so uh, we'd have like Nokia iPhone up to iPhone two. Yeah. No, no, but we'd need some way of connecting to the internet. We'd need like a smartphone, but we're not too far. Yeah. <laughs> it has to be a really arbitrary point, like a dumb point. Well, who who's funding us? Because if we're like in the seventies, all of those kind of maybe not cultish groups, but definitely mm. small parties were all funded by like Libya or mm. Iraq or things like that. So who so are we who's trying our, to appeal to for money? Who would George money Soros, <laughs> because we'll grow weed in the, in the forest. <laughs> I listened to that on LBC today. Some police, some ex-policeman said that we can't legalise weed because you know who wants legalised weed? George Soros. What? And that was his argument well, against legalised weed. He's like 100 years old. <laughs> but apparently he's against the law. Wow. <laughs> Wait, was it like a British policeman? Yeah, a former British policeman talking about how... And it's weird because normally retired policemen are really like no, we should legalise weed because mm. it's such a fucking hassle chasing down stoners. Um, but no, this was like full-blown, crazy, like it makes everyone mentally ill. If a man smokes weed and then gets a woman pregnant, the baby could come out like a thalidomide baby. So the baby comes out high. Yeah. Well, no, the baby comes out severely disabled, apparently. And intensely relaxed. All, all, that, that, is, all that THC coming out of your dick. And, yeah. also, and also when he yeah. says the baby comes With that, out, that's like, like a... I've got hard evidence for no anger. <laughs> Hello. It's like I mean, a just had a visit from the dog. Yeah. Oh my. <laughs> Unleash him like a biological weapon. He's very excited about this. But yeah, with that, the dog seems to be kind of settling now my <laughs> naughty boy so yeah go back. we were talking about who we who are we going to denounce who do we hate yeah see I think maybe technology but a specific level of technology but the thing is it's hard there because I really want to switch <laughs> but also I find Twitter annoying <laughs> yeah but you're not getting rid of it either like you could just like get rid of it i've done have twitter on my phone anymore could just delete right. your account it's i just uh, hang out on the ground okay. it's it's not it's not just technology it's specifically social media mm. mm-hmm. which is which is which is a good hook because you know you have people sort of like freaking out it's like oh my god how could how could facebook be using all of this personal data that i was sharing with my friends <laughs> yeah for their own personal gain yeah and then then out comes me saying well let me tell you about my good friend and the hunter who lives <laughs> in the forest would you like the sausage roll? <laughs> Would you like this sausage roll? Yes, it is made of turkey. <laughs> How about we're really contrarian, as a lot of these things are, and we actually like social media, and we like the fact that Facebook is uh, releasing all of our personal information because it gets everybody to know each other. It gets over your bourgeois hang-ups about Ooh. what you keep private. Uh, so our, I, I get really worried. Our funder that. is Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> his shadow partner who never gets mentioned. And he's our funder. See, I quite like the idea of being explicitly anti-social media, 
but having one lodge in our encampment where people are solidly tweeting all the time about are, how horrible are social you, media are you, is. Are you saying we should have a social media lounge? Yes. <laughs> we should have a secret like hidden underground social every media. Every company. Yes. No, I think I think it would be the opposite because you like you. So you just want to turn us into spiked. It's hard to no no because you can't spiked, leverage no, our you can't leverage our medicine. podcast career into being Brendan O'Neill. Uh, I think Brendan O'Neill proves me wrong. <laughs> um, no, because like that's the that's the thing, isn't it? Because like anti-social media takes are ten a penny. Yeah, and we've got to distinguish ourselves. So actually, like spiked. We go exactly, we do an exact 180 and go right into it and but, release all of our personal information. But in the tradition so, of like the of like um, living Marxism and a lot of the 70s trot groups, mm. you know like how Instagram, you're not allowed to um, you're not allowed to have nudity on it? Mm. We should be saying that actually Instagram should have nudity yeah, on it. Yeah, if anything, yeah. there isn't enough personal information <laughs> on our social media. So, so we're we launching, insist that so everybody we're launching puts our nudes own. on we're launching our own social media. And we can call yeah. it anti-social media. And then we can tweet yes. on all the platforms about how <laughs> social media is bad and we're anti-social media, but it's really just an advert for our own platform. Yeah, it's just called... Like mentioned. The, the network is just called Anti. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and so, everybody's profiles are nudes. Okay, so I was trying to f- work, we're trying to work out who do we hate. It's our version of... It's the modern version of free love. <laughs> um, send nudes. <laughs> send feet pics. <laughs> yeah, send feet pics. <laughs> So in trying to work out who we hate, we've just decided that we're just going to be soliciting feet pics online. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so who are we against? People who won't send feet pics. <laughs> People with no feet. <laughs> it's a specific it's section of society. Yes. I'm pretty... I'm not sure if... Like... Hitler did a good job of like radicalizing people against like that's a horrible part of You know it's a spicy take when it starts with Hitler did a very good job of Well you know, with choosing an enemy and radicalizing people against said enemy, yeah. you know, there's been a lot of good examples of who you choose to <laughs> radicalize to get everyone angry. I would I've say got very good examples. that going after people with no feet, we're getting down to specifically like like about thirty people that we've got a problem with. Well, I mean, like most Trotskyist groups, sustain themselves by hating Stalin, who'd been dead for twenty years. So. Yeah, but he was a very important person. Yeah. I can't think of I can't think of an all domineering figure with no feet. Are you Are you positing that there isn't a conspiracy of high ranking masons full <laughs> with no feet that control everything? Think about it. They get into the palaces of. Actually, Power. maybe that's a good point. And you then could, they can't move. No the feet. only way you can find out is you stamp on. You go to that bit um, between like Holborn and Covent Garden, where there's that big Masonic lodge, and you have like when you see the old men, you stamp on their patent leather shoes, and if they don't react, <laughs> that's because they don't have feet. They're wearing fake prosthetic shoes. No, no, no. Like, if, but prosthetic, if we're going prosthetics into, uh, are like no foot, no foot face. <laughs> no, no. So if we're, if we're going into conspiracy territory with this though, it's foot appropriate. Then obviously the reason why these people don't have feet. Is because they're ghosts. Okay. Right. <laughs> this, is, this is exactly the same as... Um, Their feet are ghosts, certainly. To sort of like parallel to a real world phenomenon hmm. of um, lizards. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, the lizards that... Um, Lizard hybrids. Uh, You're not just having a problem with just like geckos. No, 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 I mean the lizards that inhabit human skin. Okay, yeah. Um, in positions Ooh. of power and influence throughout the world. Yeah. Um, oh, you mean like Queenie? Yeah, 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 I think she's quite a famous example, which is quite strange for someone who's undercover. As to be so famous, <laughs> uh, it's 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 strange. She's like, doing a very good job. Well, no, I think it means that she's doing an amazing job. 
The reptilian cult is pretty much, it is like the Riley Ace of Spies of secretive cults, of <laughs> being famous wherever they go for being specifically lizard Yeah, people. but obviously the lizard thing is just, you know, like it's a, it's a cover. Because mm. actually they're ghosts. Ah. Mm. And that's why they don't have feet. And that's why, for us, like having no feet is like the big sign. Like if you stamp on their foot, you like, you know, like your foot just goes through, like maybe it gets a bit of ectoplasm on it, and then you know. Hmm. Okay, so we don't like ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm pretty, we can probably... Is it like a Maoist thing of banish the four olds? And what's older than a ghost? That's a very... Zombie. There we go. Yeah. It funnels in some like yeah. good old Someone left-wing was, theory. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah, ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck those guys. Fuck. And Derek Akora is their mouthpiece. Yes. <laughs> is he still alive? I think he is. He must be. Uh, yeah. Unless he's a ghost. Oh, shit. <laughs> Maybe he was never alive. <laughs> That's why he was so good. Well, he had to have been alive at some point to become a ghost. That's a good point. Mm. Fine. Okay, yeah, okay, so we hate ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> ghosts and their allies. Okay, what's the next one? <laughs> Who we see as the revolutionary class. So everybody, uh, that was this was, this, <laughs> this was true of mainstream like left wing movements as well. That they always identified one. They were looking for one particular mm. group. Usually, it would be like most of the le- left wing stuff on it is like it's minors, specifically mm. minors, or students. Like SWP yeah, they, early on decide like embedded themselves in universities. Did you try with students with um, with minors? Because um, like I can understand the desire to like radicalize miners because there were there were a lot of miners on strike. It was a big issue. They did, but also mines don't tend to be in towns where where you can actually get a lot of recruits. They usually have like their own. Yeah. Like if they have a socialist party, they have a local. So what they have a Labour party. Yeah. Well, they've got their, their local union they've got that, the they, union that they grew that up kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's hard to make inroads and yeah. Infiltrate. Yeah. They definitely moved into students after the sixties mm. on the new left and everything. Mm. I think it has to be students in this case. The revolutionary class. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, considering like what we've got so far, mm. right? So, living in the forest. Yeah. Believing in ghosts and hating them. Yeah. <laughs> Worshipping Green Man. Um, sausage roll based bartering mm. uh, system. Mm-hmm. Actually, that's sounding very right. strange. <laughs> <laughs> and I think. This sounds kind of goth. <laughs> <laughs> So I, th- I think with students, you know, we, we have this sort of... I'm just going to do really big quotation marks <laughs> so the microphones pick it up. Okay. It's a really big quotation marks. Yep. Millennials. Yes. Yep. Right? So, you know, basically bearing, bearing the brunt of um, all you know, rise, rising living costs, all, you know, all, all of this, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's, it's been done to death. Yeah. So, you know, the most, probably the most dissatisfied group of people mm-hmm. so obviously you know it's ripe for revolutionary they're angry they're upset they're angry and in general very angry at boomers a lot of that does get kind of funneled into like some quite lazy ageism yeah. but we could funnel that quite expertly into ghosts well actually the original I think, boomer I think, I think ageism actually ties <laughs> in I think the original age- boomer inhabiting the house I should own. Yes. <laughs> well, I think ageism ties into ghosts actually very neatly. Haunting houses. <laughs> when you yeah. think about it. <laughs> they're just keeping them there, and they're empty, and they're just full of ghosts. <laughs> that's how we'll explain. That makes a lot of sense. That's, you know, there's, what's it, there's like tens of thousands of properties that are empty in London. There's like absurd amounts, huge amounts. 
Yeah, that is ghosts. It's because they're haunted. Up the <laughs> it's because they're haunted. <laughs> yeah, the ghosts are pulling up the ladder after them. This is saying like, no, this property is not habitable. However, my descendants, <laughs> who are landlords, <laughs> have a very agreeable single bedroom in Walthamstow. <laughs> the spook economy. <laughs> the economy. <laughs> Shit. This goes deep. The only problem I can see with ghosts, with a stupid. <laughs> well, no, there's no problem with ghosts. We've realised that. Ghosts, ghosts is gold. all of the problem with ghosts. Yeah. We'll be able to right. get people are very angry. Are you saying that some ghosts are right? I- Look, I've got many What does it take to be one of the ghosts, good ones? Right? <laughs> Your friend that's a ghost. I've collaborated with ghost groups for <laughs> decades, and there are some very, very progressive and forward-thinking ghost groups. Um, oh, yeah. are, you, are you one of those guys of who's like, Casper's one of the good ones? <laughs> <laughs> the only problem I see with students is that, like, although you can examine like the thought of those groups saying, oh, yeah, minors, because they experience like physical hardship and they bond together as a class in a way that maybe other um, professions don't um, and students do as well. Um, The only problem with that is like most of those socialist groups only called them revolutionary groups because they were around them a lot. Mm. Um, The SWP liked students because, you know, it's quite easy to recruit students. They were willing to sell their paper for the money. Who were dissatisfied. Like, it was easy to pitch up. It was easy to get recruits. So Mm. I don't know how many students we're going to be able to persuade to come and live. To send us feet pics. To to send us feet pics while we're in the forest. (laughs) (laughs) Being terrified of ghosts. (laughs) I think we need to look closer to home. Are we looking for something? Poachers. (laughs) <laughs> Scrap metal dealers. People who live on the fringes of society that have already already done what we've done of moving into the forest. Yeah. So the people like that would be like poachers, which are still a thing. Yeah. Um those my um mother in law was telling me. There was like um what's the collective noun for goats? Ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So there was a rare there was a ghost of rare goats <laughs> that literally got stolen by poachers, by um by rustlers really? in Norfolk not long ago. Like um, It happens in Ireland all the time as well. Yeah, and um, um cow Because she used to have like a herd of rare cows. Because she had like when she had more animals on her farm. She never really did it for meat, she just had like a herd of rare cows that she liked. Hmm. Um but she was always like worried that people would steal them cattle rustlers which is a weird notion nowadays but so yeah so but that's useful for us now because you know poachers okay poachers we could re- who are going to come part who are going to come past our forest enclave poachers. and take our pamphlet stroke newspaper <laughs> fox hunters Jaggers. oh fox hunters traditionally conservative mm. very very big c and small c conservative the biggest of c's They've tried to like make fox hunting seem like this really like inbaked like working class rural activity in I the last that. few it's, years. It's just it's best. like look how many people you're putting out of jobs. It's like this guy who raises forty hounds <laughs> for two months in a year. I think uh, <laughs> I, th- I think we should be fearful of fox hunters because I think they're actually in league with the ghosts. I think in fact I think they are ghosts because their mm-hmm. entire purpose is to expand the empire of death. That's a good point. Oh, yeah, that's good. Um, and look at those old-timey outfits. Yes. That's, yeah. that's, it's the only time they get to, like, it's under, it's like, under, like it's it's hiding in plain sight. Yeah. It's like Queenie, once again. <laughs> but it's hiding in plain sight. It's like they literally are dressing as they were they would dress before they 
possess the bodies of their ancestors, their um, descendants. Well, you remember when, when King Mob went undercover uh, to test uh, Jack Frost in The Invisibles? Mm. He was dressed mm. as a as a fox hunter, wasn't he? He was. Yeah. So that's the ultimate enemy. Mm. Mm. Okay. The, yes. What's the opposite of ghosts then? The opposite of ghosts. <laughs> what's the opposite of ghosts? <laughs> Come on, babies. Right. Radicalized babies. Radicalized babies. <laughs> Radical- start them early. Yeah. Easy to recruit. So we start a Montessori school in the forest. A free Montessori school. <laughs> that would be how we get them in. Baby Actually, wrestlers. Oh. oh. Baby wrestlers. Well, yeah, because how else are we going to make the sausage rolls? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We start a small a, a Montessori in the forest. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, I don't know whereabouts we're going to run away to, but I imagine we'll be probably commuter belt because... Let's face it, I'm still going to want to get into London. Um, <laughs> even when I'm in this cult. Um, so we're going to be like commute about a place and there'll be a lot of young professionals looking for the fancy school to send their kids to and what kind of school do fancy people send their kids to. They send them to either public schools or if they're horrifying, they send them to Montessori schools. Mm. So we set up a little Montessori school to attract, you know, the children of estate agents <laughs> and radicalise them. And while they're being radicalised, they're furiously baking goods for us <laughs> that we put in our vault. <laughs> for when the market crash happens and we step in, you know, there's like suddenly people are walking around with wheelbarrows full of money. And we turn up with so many frozen sausage rolls. Just wheelbarrows full of sausage rolls. <laughs> Revolution's on, baby. <laughs> You're not keen on my Montessori school. <laughs> I was thinking out of town call center. That's that. It's a bit too realistic because like well, that would get the students like, in. Well, no, their part time job. Yeah, true. The thing is, it would be slightly realistic because you got to remember, like the most successful cult that exists now. It does have Catholic a church. It does have a thin veneer. Yeah, yeah, it does have a thin veneer of being actually not completely barking. Yeah, and oh, then you know you take a couple of steps, and then it's well, no, Scientology does pretend at least to not be. It doesn't come out with a volcano ghost stuff for a while. That's and yeah. we could you know not tell the people about the ghost forest dwelling stuff, then the sending the feet pics until they you know <laughs> become employee of the month four months running working on our app. <laughs> <laughs> It's like um that that thing that with um what's her name from Smallville being arrested like today. Is that Alison Mack? Yeah. yeah. Um, and their cult being based around what's it multi level marketing? Yeah, they're like multi level marketing and, and like mentorships, wellness, like that kind of like uh, or mindfulness and wellness stuff. Right, See, I never I, trusted that shit. If I didn't yeah. have like morals, oh, I'd make so much money marketing wellness to fucking idiots. It'd be so much fun. That's how we do it. Hang on. So what you're saying is, aside from aside from like the kids in our school, mm-hmm. the people who are working part time jobs, working on an app, we grind them down, working on this app, working on our social media network, grind them down until they're sort of just mentally shattered, mm-hmm. and then tell them about the ghosts. Yes. Yeah. They have Once, to pay to get to a certain level. Oh yeah. Crunch oh. time. Yeah, crunch. That's what we could call it. Crunch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll run We're on we'll... second crunch. <laughs> yeah, if you're looking for a way to completely dehumanize people and make them willing to do anything for you, 
become a software Games developer. development. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I was going to say. Games development seems to be one of the best ways because, like, what's it that thing with the, um, that Warhammer 40k game that's coming Holy out? Holy shit. That's disgusting. But these Holy people, shit. Those poor, those poor people are literally going to work those hours. Like, we are so sorry our game is delayed. We're going to work 90 hour weeks to make up for it. Yeah. What the fuck? And they're going to do it because of the supposed creative outlet of terrible labour conditions in the gaming industry generally yeah. Yeah. you know what they were probably already working that hour weeks before that as well. yeah. yeah or it was going to happen in any case even if it wasn't late well I can yeah. almost guarantee that like leading up to the release date they were definitely already doing that if not more well you work in the games industry you work too much yeah that's true yeah. <laughs> you work way too much and you are pretty susceptible to whatever garbage I tell you <laughs> well that's true I mean Stop eating meat. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, remember when we were walking down in uh, Hollow Ponds mm. and you slipped me a bacon turnover and, you know, pointed out the ghost. <laughs> <laughs> the ghost of the forest. <laughs> Playing football with his ghost child. Yeah. And that's the reason why the dog wouldn't stop barking. It is. <clears throat> and also why it was strangely cold, despite the fact that it was, you know, a blazing hot uh, spring summer day. I explained to you that the dog was the problems in modern society caused by these ghost children playing football. And then I offered you a delicious baker. See, the reason, why we, can, the reason why we can't tolerate ghosts is because they make dogs bark and it gets uncomfortably cold. Yeah. Who wants that? Or are you to, so to such gonna, a high gonna, level that you see living people as ghosts? So we're going to... Yeah, well, they're possessed. Yeah. Well, that's, that's one of the no, best no. things about the ghosts being the, a really good offer. We see the potential for living people to become ghosts. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Pogrom in the making. Yeah. Oh God, it's fantastic. Khmer Rouge Part Two, yeah. baby. <laughs> um, are you or have you ever been a ghost? <laughs> Will you be a ghost? <laughs> so we're gonna open a games company to dr- destroy well, no, the will of I think of we can still we can still like to get feet pigs. Yeah. <laughs> we could still be there, but like, there the must be a no, massive turnover no, we, of no. like tech industry workers yeah. coming off of like no. East London and Silicon Roundabout and all that. You could probably cream them off. A computer game that's gonna have an absurdly long development yeah. that will just destroy the will of some that destroy the will of the entire team that work on it. Mm. Also, it's a good one because like that um the Rajnishi cult, mm. they attracted like um, disaffected, sexually repressed young white Americans, and that's where a lot of their money came in, and a lot of tech people have some money. Yeah, if it wasn't we need taken, money for if our it wasn't taken up by the high like rental prices in London, they would have a lot more money, mm. and they don't need to because they can come and live in, in the forest, forest of with us. <laughs> so what you're saying is we're going to have a permanent crunch, like a sort of like yeah. nuclear winter, mm-hmm. it's like constant crunch for years and years and years and years for sort of like some kind of like pipe dream game. Making a beautiful a game that's a beautiful mixture between um, Duke Nukem Forever and No Man's Sky. (laughs) One of those came out though. Um, Both of them came out. The other one didn't really come out though. It was more like they shipped what they had. Yeah, but it seemed they're both the kind of games that people were willing to like. What is oh shit? What was the one that had the really bad development thing? The one with the faces. Noir. Uh, yeah, yeah Noir. Yeah, <clears throat> the one that was literally made off the back of slave labor as yeah. it came out like a couple of weeks after it released. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So yeah, that sounds about sustainable for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, you know, to break the wills of. And it's perfect for Duke Nukem because what do you remember about Duke Nukem? That foot coming out, <laughs> <laughs> kicking out to frozen enemies, like, shattering them. The, the revolutionary class inside. Yeah, disaffected games developers. You see that mountain over there full of ghosts? You can go there. (laughs) (laughs) And 
then stab on it to check for ghosts. <laughs> I'm just thinking of all the lies they said about destiny when it was first coming up. You'll see that guy and you'll say, oh, how did you get that gun? <laughs> Pastries. <laughs> okay, so our revolutionary class are disaffected games developers. Yeah. Okay, so we're moving we're, away from We're going to get Molyneux. we got to get Molyneux. <laughs> oh, shit. He would be our, he would be our funder. Hell <laughs> oh, yeah. He, he would be our funder. He'd be our funder. He'd be our face because if anyone's... Well, the thing is, if who better to Molyneux people than, than Molyneux, Molyneux himself? himself. <laughs> Go to the source. Yeah. I think he could definitely sell um, perspectives and also maybe the public in general about ghosts. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. Well, um, you'd have to play a clicker game for like <laughs> two weeks before you get told about the ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> it pops up a message on the screen as kind of like a win condition saying, did you know? <laughs> well, actually, no. We wouldn't say that because that's a bit Newcastle Brown. Like, did well, no, you know? No, yeah, we want to be more traditionally British, so it would be Diginar. <laughs> well, that would be the marketing campaign, though. Just, like, it would be a marketing campaign, it would be a time of Newcastle Brown. Instead of, like, trivia about Newcastle, it would be a trivia about ghosts. Sponsored by Peter Mo- <laughs> so our cult, sponsored by Peter Molyneux and Newcastle Brown, I am. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Fable was alright, really. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of ghosts in Fable. Yeah, there are. There are. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe you can't trust Peter Molyneux. <laughs> okay, so what's well, the... no, that was Peter Molyneux trying to tell people about ghosts. He's trying to warn people. Yeah. <laughs> okay, what's the next one then? What's the final? Um, this is kind of something we've kind of already covered, but the event that drove us underground and where we run to to escape. Ah, uh, so yeah, it's Corbyn being deposed from the Labour Party has led us on this. <laughs> well, actually, I think like. I think we reached further back. I think we reached to the kind of like uh, staggered effects of the end of the 2012 Olympics. That was one of the most amazing things I saw of the weekend on Twitter. Was um, uh, of the week on Twitter was um, uh, like liberals responding to the Windrush um, refugee thing with um, saying, "Have we forgotten the lessons that the 2012 Olympics taught us?" Oh and no! Somebody um, was saying like, at some point, you're just gonna like. Former cargo cult based around the 2012 Olympics opening ceremony specifically. Yeah, because no, no, that no, no, they would be we would be the against high them. point. Of we would end up be fighting against this is like in a, like a Mad Max esque falling apart of society. Yeah, where you'd have like um, gay boy berserkers and smegma mm-hmm. crazies roaming the wastes. There would be the cult based around the opening ceremony of the 2012 Olympics, <laughs> and you'd have us. Still telling everyone it's crunch time on developing this game <laughs> for this a game platform that no longer exists because electricity does not exist. I think we no, can, no, no. I the think game we're in there with the Game Boy Raiders. The game we're yeah. developing. The game we're developing with Game Boy Raiders. is the yeah. 2012 Olympics. <laughs> that's that's the game we're developing. It's okay. gonna be it's gonna be one of those button mashing games <laughs> where you just mash a button to make the Olympics happen. You know, like you mash um, a button to make someone run. Like a what's it? One of the tap, ba- one of those tap. What are they, yeah. what are they called? The tapping games. Click, clicking games. Is that what they're called? Button mashers. Yeah. Those stupid... Of track and field. That Are we talking about no, 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 I meant the um, the ones the like... Quick time events. No, the stupid one you play with the chickens. AFK games. Oh, clicker <laughs> games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that what they're called? Clicker games. Yeah, yeah. generally. Although that's not even a clicker game. That's a hold down button and then wait four hours. Because they seem horrible. They are. I don't understand. I've got so many. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I mean, so, that would be the game. So we're we developing get. something like that about the 2012 Olympics. Yes, yeah. and it's going to be like... Excuse me. It's gonna it's gonna be every aspect of the twenty twelve Olympics. Yeah. So you're gonna hold down a button to sort of like control one person 
in the opening ceremony who's like holding a flag and walking along and someone has to work on animating that person doing all the controls and stuff. Can we hold pictures. down a button to kick everybody out of Hackney Wick and then bulldoze <laughs> their houses to build luxury flats? Yeah, but on a person-by-person basis. Okay. Someone's got to program that shit, design all the faces and so on. But it works really well because the 2012 Olympics is was literally the happiest that I think a whole bunch of British mm. liberals have ever been. Mm. I think that I've never seen so it many people... The, it was trying so to fucking wipe the smiles <laughs> off their faces. Yeah. <laughs> it was the pinnacle of everything they believed because, mm. I mean, Danny Boyle did a surprisingly good job of not making it... Like, any public event in this country always has the kind of... Like, pageantry locked down mm. but doesn't ever seem to properly capture like any kind of multicultural spirit or anything like that. And so it was like the high watermark of liberalism, of a particular kind of like Blairite liberalism in this country about the lies that they told themselves because also it was like steamrolled over the top of a load of people's houses in East London. And then Dizzy Rascal performed there. He did. I think he did. I think that was like the death knell of his his career. I mean, well, no, he's been way more successful since then, but in terms of having any integrity. It was also absolutely perfect because it's Dizzy Rascal combined with Mr. Bean. Oh my god. So it's like you can feel okay because, you know, you like Dizzy Rascal who by that point had been around for like... He is kind of a Mr. Bean figure now. 10 or 12 years, yeah. And then you had Mr. Bean to reassure you of something that's quintessentially English. (laughs) You know, it's... His last few singles have been kind of Mr. Beanish, though. I think he's he's taken some inspiration from from 2012. I I like the canals around East London a Mm. lot, and those canals have... Never been, have never been cleaner, but also more devoid of life. Yeah, it's just depressing as hell. You set something up to have good representation, but then forgot what they were actually used for. Oh, it's just it was that thing when they were kicking out all the river people. Which yeah. I, what else would you call people who live on, live on, the, on the canal? But yeah, the river people—they were yeah. kicking them all out. But canal people, um, yeah. But yeah, so they moved all the like. All the river people out from around there, and there's so much around there, like because it's yeah. East London is very moist, yeah, with very low down. Oh yeah, with it being under the floodplain and everything. Yeah, the, um, and it's just it's just depressing that they moved them all out because like for a long time it's like I think it's probably one of the first times me and you were talking about running away mm. was when me and Holly were like really broke and were mm. seriously considering selling the flat and just taking to the canal. <laughs> yeah, you you Real. investigated that mm. way more than I thought. Oh, we were super close. I thought you would. Um, well, one of the things it's quite cheap, mm. ish, because mm. um, we could have sold this flat like years ago and bought a canal boat, a barge near Kensington near um, Kew Gardens, mm. um, but it was like on a ten-year mooring. So that's where it like all gets really sketchy, mm-hmm. and that's what happened to all the people around yeah. the Olympic Park. And so, oh, it's just depressing as hell. Now I'm all sad. Yeah, but you imagine the come down from that. It has to have a lot of people who feel like, oh my god, I identified so heavily with the 2012 Olympics, and then straight straight cult fodder. And then they see a and or you know like 90s nostalgia is. Mm-hmm. It's sort of coming to an end, so we're starting to get into noughties nostalgia. So yeah. getting ready for the Daphne kind of nostalgia, like and all that. Lot. So yeah, releasing a, a retro style clicker game based around the twenty twelve Olympics, the last time they felt good and wholesome. <laughs> <laughs> and then they get to the end, and it says, "Send feet, come to the forest of Dean." <laughs> <laughs> what about subliminal messages? Every time you tap the button, 
like just little bits of text that flash up. Well, you know when you um, tap like a booster or something, it's like watch this ad to get like a thousand gold or whatever. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. you know, you yeah. play them all the I time, know. just like me. Yeah, um, I've, I've played I'm one. not the only one. I've played one, yeah. The one that you told me to play. <laughs> um, <laughs> the one that you said was just as good as Monster Hunter. <laughs> it would be like that, but it's all ads about ghosts. You play more clicker like, games than any proper game, don't you? Uh, yeah. But then, you know, I'm on the tube a lot. I've been on the tube. I'm ripe. <laughs> you are. You're ripe for hating on ghosts and come and join me in the forest with pictures of your feet in hand. <laughs> Drop out of life with when pictures we were, of feet in hand. When we were discussing this a few weeks ago, when we were Proceed, the developer. When we were talking about this a few weeks ago, we thought we would take to the canals. Because mm. you have a you have a, like a, a a thing for canal boats and the sea generally. Well that could be like Sea Org. Yeah. Well that was that was one Ooh, of my one, yeah. one, my um, another, when we were another revenue strand. Yeah. Well, when we were talking about it before, our, the plan, the plan <laughs> that I had was um, the revolutionary class would be um, fox hunters because they they are so against everything in modern society. Hmm. So it'd be easy to radicalize Except their them. own banks, and they're willing and to kill. Counts, <laughs> and they're willing to kill. Yeah. Um, take Always to armed. The, take to the canals because of you know unpaid council tax. Um, I think it was going to have like a load of canal boats all linked together. Yeah, it was a bit of like a canal convoy. Yeah, like a like an old school Russian army train. Because also, mm. can't arrest a canal boat. No, you can't. There we go. Just move everyone on knows. to the next mooring. Everyone knows. You, yeah, everyone knows. It's like you can't arrest a husband for what his wife does. Mm. <laughs> or what you signed her name to. <laughs> These are fundamental things that mm. I was building my finger around. That was, I think I was about like six, seven points in. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, canals are great though. Yeah, they are. There's something. There's something in that's something that's quintessentially British. Traveling at six mile an hour using an incredibly inefficient form of transport to go from disappointing pub to disappointing pub. Opening that big old gate. Yeah. <laughs> but so okay, so our cult after this hour and a bit we've come to is we're annoyed and angry at the Labour Party, <laughs> so we leave. Yeah. We take to the forest, mm-hmm. preaching our tales of Hearn the Hunter, ancestor, and like just generally general ancestor worship and yeah. pagan fertility rites. Yeah. yeah, the good kind of ghost. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. the good kind mm-hmm. of ghost, the holy ghost, if you the, will. Yeah, yeah, the good kind of ghost, the ones that inhabit trees. The one who gets reborn as well. The green mm. man gets reborn, so he's a ghost, but then he's not. Mm. Yeah. So he he willing, he willingly, out of love for all of us, stops being a ghost. Yeah. And is reborn. Mm. Mm. Um, training in baked goods. Yep. That's how we make our money. Yep. Um, I mean, and our app as well. And yeah, oh yeah, and and there. And we drive a bunch of young professional developers insane with making a clicker game based around the <laughs> London 2012 Olympics. <laughs> because that will also draw in more people. Because that was the last time the wealthy liberal section of British society felt good about themselves. So it would be a really easy hook. Somebody's going to fucking do this, aren't they? After like, that, It's going to be terrifying. That, I'm that, reasonably sure there's already a startup. That, that's this. I bet that, that Pippin Bar guy, the one who did the uh, the Marina Abramovich uh, Sierra-esque game, I bet he's doing this now. Yeah. What's that? I don't know anything about that. No. Yeah, the game of starting the cult. Wow! Bit comedy, bit copy. We'll, we'll have to get we'll have to get our hooks into him early. <laughs> yeah. Pippin Barr is a um, he's a satirical game developer, and he did an adaptation of Marina Abramovich's "The Artist Is Present" in the style of like Leisure Suit Larry One. 
where you go to the MoMA and you have to wait in line for a really long time and then sit across from Marina Abramovich and if you like don't sit down quick enough you get kicked out. Okay, this doesn't really translate onto a podcast, but my face is pretty much falling, melting like the face of a Nazi in Raiders. <laughs> that makes me so sad. But yeah, someone is probably going to make this mm-hmm. fucking clicker game. And it'd be in that kind of really bad um, 8-bit style. Yeah. That's really common. I don't like that. It's nostalgia yeah. as much as anything. Without being transformative. Mm. Mm. So yeah, so that's... Yeah. Cool. And you know, it's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> because they are. It's just like, it's really fascinating. Like, yeah. It doesn't happen so much anymore because the left is so kind of, I mean, until Corbyn, just so like fragmented and atomized and you don't really have more than two leftists that you know if you're me <laughs> mm, you know yeah. that kind of thing the three or four you know yeah. people who you meet along the way so there's not really a chance to develop the kind of mass of people that uh so you end up becoming kind of... insular cranky weird yeah obsessed with feet bics and sausage rolls <laughs> <laughs> well when was the last time that you read about a cult or heard about a cult i thought that's really smart. Mm. Like um, that, that makes a lot of sense. Well, I was reading an article by Nick Cohen about this, <laughs> about this Malmentum cult that almost won a general election. <laughs> Even though they were literally pre- preaching a mixture of like, anti-Semitism and hardline Maoism. I didn't see this, but apparently they were subliminally. Mm-hmm. So that's an amazing cult. It was in the click again. <laughs> <laughs> The momentum game. <laughs> I mean, the Symbionese Liberation Army had some pretty cool outfits. Were they yeah. a cult? Or did they just brainwash one person? They were I think they were probably, I don't know much about I think they might have just done that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't know much about American re- revolutionary groups, armed groups. The main one that I know the most about is the Red Army faction. They were not a cult, they were just good. And they, they are okay. they were just good. <laughs> Up until a point. <laughs> That point was 2019 with the unification of Ireland. <laughs> well, we'll always have Jonestown. <laughs> uh, so you can subscribe to us on uh, iTunes. You can follow us at WDTATW underscore podcast. You can follow me at BM Bergamot. You can follow Hugh at Tanner Smashing. You can follow Bob at Misanthro Bob. Nice. And Ollie, do you have any social media or other hooks you want to get into? Uh, What's your Twitch stream? recruits? Yeah, oh, yeah, I your do. Twitch stream, yes. Um, See the game as it develops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, would, I would strongly recommend against following me on any kind of social media because I mostly post about shitting. And uh, I'm also really bad at video games, so I wouldn't recommend my Twitch stream either. It's a niche, niche audience. But I can recommend a Kickstarter for a clicker game based around the London 2012 Olympics. Yeah. I, well, I can definitely recommend this. Well, actually, um, it wouldn't be a Kickstarter, it'd be a GoFundMe. It's like, it's real sketchy. The, uh, the release, <laughs> you ain't never seen that money. The, uh, the release date is uh, TBA. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's done. TB- TBC, TBA. <laughs> but, you know. Uh, look forward to it because this game is going to blow your mind and change the way that you think forever. <laughs> it's going to it's going to blow your socks off, and then we can, <laughs> we can see, and then we've got you. <laughs> Bye.